Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. What's good people and welcome to the Everyday Hustle. The show that explores the five most important days that have changed the lives of the world's best young creators, entrepreneurs, and inventors. With new guests on the show each week, they'll be telling us their incredible stories and their everyday hustle. If you're on a journey, need some inspiration, or just want to hear from some of the best young minds around, then subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Follow us on our socials at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and ED Hustle Show on Twitter. This is the Everyday Hustle. It is incredible to have today's guest joining us, although I think she's just having a breather before she carries on moving. She is a personal trainer, global ambassador for Adidas, and an inspiration to many. She is the true definition when tough times happen, they can be channeled to push you even further. Talking her journey and her hustle, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome the amazing Adrian Herbert. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Um, so you actually affected my gym workout this morning. Yes. Yeah, first things first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to put this in there. So usually I'm quite like a, I love the dumbbells. I love working the bench, right? But then when I knew that you were coming on the show today, I had to do a little treadmill run in, yeah? Yes. So don't worry, I got my 1K in today. Yes, <laughs> 1K. I mean, you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. Literally, that's it. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah I had quite a... Uh, busy morning but it's all good mm-hmm. good good thanks for joining us uh, so tell the people then what it is exactly that you do even though i just give a brief top top line there yeah tell them what exactly you do um, and what you've been up to recently so i think like many of us now i'm wearing lots of hats right now but i am a personal trainer i work in the fitness industry um i coach people give advice on running and yeah i guess getting more active whichever way works mm-hmm. for you i'm a global ambassador for adidas as you said so lots of fun stuff with That's them incredible yeah and what else i do motivational talks mm-hmm. um inspirational talks and i also have a women's networking community in london which is called get to know so okay. it's basically for like any female freelancers whatever you're doing yeah. whether you're dj makeup artist whatever and we host events and we have like net networking peer-to-peer and yeah so do that and um, what else just you know youtube and you're a proud mum. i'm a proud mum. very proud mum. yeah amazing amazing so i'm sure we're going to get into all of that today um but the people that come on the show they often talk about what the word hustle means to them so mm-hmm. what does that word mean to you the word hustle i think it changes for me at the moment i'm on this thing of generous hustle Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is I think you should be generous with your hustle in the sense of if someone asks me for something and I can do it I'll always say yes Mm -hmm. if that means giving up an hour of time if that means I don't know sending an email to introduce somebody to somebody else you know offering saying how can I help you how can I you know we're all in this together all on the come up together so Mm -hmm. being willing and being generous with your time and then I think being you know willing to really put the work in Mm -hmm. and what hard work looks like i think some people now there's a lot of talk around 
work smarter not harder and yeah. you know do this like quick fix and you can do it in and you know two weeks or this or that whereas i genuinely believe that the people who i look up to the people that i see who are crushing it people who have achieved people who i aspire to be like they haven't shied away from hard work mm -hmm. they have just grit determination consistency mm -hmm. hard work all those boring things that nobody wants to hear yeah. they're like oh surely i can just do this for a week yeah yeah but no for me it's like be generous with the hustle and be just surrender to the fact it's mm -hmm. gonna be hard work but the harder you work the more it's gonna pay off yeah well it's like i said all the time if you wait at the barbershop long enough you're gonna get a haircut you see so just stay there yes <laughs> stick it stay out there. <laughs> I'm Adrienne Herbert, and this is my everyday hustle. Day one. The day that I got accepted to drama school, which was in London. At the time, I was 15 years old. What was it called? It was called Dorian Bird. Okay. Yep. Yeah. At the time, I was 15 years old. I was living up north, living in Leeds. Yeah. I'd been going to dance classes since I was 13. So most of the people in my dance lessons had been dancing since they were maybe three or four years old. Mm -hmm. They'd done everything, ballet, tap, modern jazz. I learned to dance by watching Destiny's Child videos. Standard! Michael Jackson videos. <laughs> yeah, I had them on. My mum's going, what are you doing up there? Making noise. And I was like, leave yeah. me, leave me. And I was watching these videos and I was so... Living the dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so inspired. That feeling, I think, is so... Oh, I just I felt so inspired. I just watched it and thought this is what I want to do. I want to dance like that. So anyway, begged her, please let me go to dance class. Turned up when I was 13. Mm. Everybody knew what they were doing. Everybody was flexible and spinning and this and that. And I was like, oh, wow. So, but I was just like, I wanted to do it. So three years, two years, I guess, two and a half years, I was 15. And I was going to this audition and my dance teacher at the time said to me, because you know, I was coming down to London for the audition. It was like a mm. big deal. And she said to me, don't get your hopes up. Right. And I just thought, you know, as someone who's a leader, a teacher, mm. a coach, I just found that so disheartening. That's not the right thing to be saying. Yeah, so disheartening. Especially at that age, yeah. Yeah, and it made me think, you know what? She doesn't believe that I can get into this place. She doesn't think I'm good enough. She yeah. doesn't believe in me. And essentially, that just lit a fire in my belly. And I so know, is that your sort of motivation, your tackling fuel? I think part of it, I wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. But it certainly didn't, you know, it certainly helped. Because I think often when people get that, it, depending on your personality, it can either send you down the road of, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Like, knock your confidence. Yeah. Or it gives you like a, I'll show you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how I took it. <laughs> so I took it in the way that was like, you know what? She doesn't think that I can do it. <laughs> she doesn't know how yeah, good yeah. I am like I can do this and so basically I went down to the audition I felt super confident when I think back now as well I think often people ask me about confidence and I think I was so naive like I had this yeah. confidence I was just like of course I can do this of yeah. course I can you know and for the audition you had to prepare a song mm -hmm. you had to prepare a poem or a script like a monologue yeah and you had to do I think it was three different dance classes there was a ballet class a tap class and like a street routine mm -hmm. So the dancing, I was like, cool, I've got that. But the singing and the script, I was quite nervous. And they'd actually sent us, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. They'd yeah. sent two scripts. They'd sent one like Shakespeare poem yeah. and one monologue. And I didn't learn either of them. So I was thinking on the way there, I can learn it in the car. It's a, lot, it's, 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 a long, <laughs> it's a long drive from Leeds to London. I was like, I can learn it in the car, but I didn't. And so basically what I did learn in the car, which I'd listened to loads of times. Do you know, you know, Mary J. Blige, No More Drama? Yeah. The last track on that CD is a poem Yeah. called No More Drama. Yeah. 
So I learned that. Can you that. recite it for us right now? Oh my gosh, there was one line I can remember okay, go where on. she goes, no more forever, no more because I haven't shut my eyes. And I literally, <laughs> I literally went in and did this poem in an American accent. Can you imagine? What was I thinking? But I just went in so confident. So I did my dance, did my song and they're like, okay, which which thing have you you know prepared for us? The, the, the poem or the thing? And I was like, actually, I'm going to perform um, a, a different poem. And they were like, what? okay. So I did this poem in this American accent from With Mary. all this confidence. All this confidence. <laughs> and you know what? After that, we all had to wait. And there was like, it was all this stuff. You have to fill out mm. forms and you had to be measured and weighed and all these different things. You see a physio and they check you've not got any, I guess, injuries, things like that. Mm. And then after that, they called me back in. And mm. normally you just go. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. So we went in and they offered me a scholarship to attend um, for a three-year diploma on the day. Wow. Yeah. There you go about like separating yourself from the crowd, isn't it? They must have just thought, okay. like, and also, We want Mary J. <laughs> they were just like, she's obviously confident. They knew, they knew the songs. Yeah, they knew the poem. You know, they knew. And then there was also um, that day they asked everybody, what's like your dream job when you leave college? Mm. And everybody at the time was like, because I, I don't know, I'd never been to a London West End show at that time. Everybody gave an answer like, I want to be in Cats or I want to be in, I don't know, Chicago, like all of this stuff. Every single person I think named a show. And when they asked me, what do you what would be your dream job? I said, I would like to be a choreographer. Mm. And so they're like, okay, like she's 15. Yeah. She's so, I don't know what, I, I don't know, but it worked and it got me in the door. Amazing, amazing. So, how, how important would you say it is when you're young to try different things? Oh my goodness, when you're young, it's literally the best time to try stuff. Yeah. Like now I even think I'm probably more reluctant to, you know, like just try anything because you kind of feel like you've got a, I don't know, safe face or your reputation. You don't want to look silly. You yeah. don't want to, you know. You care a lot you more. You care so much more. And I think young people probably do care a lot, but I think it's the best time to try new things. It's mm. so what, if you try something, if you're like, okay, I really love singing or I really love whatever it is and you make some videos and you record yourself and you, mm. you know get some people in your family and you sing to them people are like oh no no like I'd be so embarrassed what have you got to lose like yeah. seriously like Legit. the worst thing that could happen is that nobody watches them or says like oh you're not very good nothing is going to happen like nothing's going to happen and the best thing that could happen could literally change your entire life so yeah when you're young best time go for it day two for me different extreme now polarized completely to the upper opposite end so I was a few years later I'd been at drama school I'd got an agent I'd made it into the west end I was performing in a musical on Tottenham Court Road at the Dominion Theatre called We Will Rock You wow and I was dancing and I was just loving life you mm. know I was 21 I'd just uh, met the love of my life I just got married and I just got pregnant so it was a busy year I was mm -hmm. like this is great I was like I've just got married baby on the way I'm doing this great show yeah. so yeah happy times and then life is very unpredictable and unfortunately um, my husband became very unwell so one night after the show came home from the show just like normal he had no problem no headache nothing he he was super super healthy he was 29 years old PE teacher mega fit anyway we went to bed and about an hour after we'd gotten fallen asleep he had a seizure and mm. he fell out of bed onto the floor I just jumped out of bed I thought oh, I was gosh. I thought I was having a nightmare I was like what is going on and I just had to call an ambulance and essentially once we got to the hospital he had another seizure 
and they were talking about you know doing scans and brain scans and talking about tumors mm. and all of these things and i was just sitting there in my pajamas thinking I, literally i just came home from work and went to bed he was just talking to me mm. just normal there was nothing wrong with him um but it turned out that he'd had a spontaneous brain hemorrhage Jeez. which is essentially a burst blood vessel yeah. in the brain it can happen to anyone any time there was no cause they didn't know the reason and so yeah that day pretty much pretty much changed my entire life as you can imagine what sort of feelings were you going through at the time i mean i guess i was shocked to start with so the first thing mm -hmm. i could say was just complete and utter shock because i'd never experienced anything like that before in my life mm -hmm. i'd never seen anyone have a seizure i just never yeah i just didn't know really anything about it Secondly, I felt very um, afraid, very mm. afraid for the future. I yeah. was just like all straight away thinking, what's yeah. going to happen? I'm pregnant. What's going to happen to him? He wasn't speaking. He wasn't, you know, I was like... Do you think if there was a reason um, that was related to cause it, that would have put your mind at ease anymore? I do, actually, yeah. yeah. And for a while, I really, yeah, struggled with... Because it, it was spontaneous wasn't it yeah, yeah i really struggled with that for a while i used to think about everything i used to say to the doctors well you know what about that day you know i was thinking mm. what did he do that day what, what did, did he eat, eat? Yeah. what did he wash his hands with i started almost becoming paranoid about yeah. like did he contract some like weird virus or was it a poison or like i kept thinking there must have been something you can't just go to bed and have a seizure and have a brain hemorrhage like how does that happen it's something that also then or even on a normal day-to-day -day basis every single one of us take that for granted going mm -hmm. to sleep waking up the next morning with having a good night's sleep yep every single day exactly so yeah i think if i'd had a cause like mm. for example if he'd have i don't know been skiing and hit his head and then yeah. you know you'd be like okay there was a reason yeah but yeah that was very difficult and then what came with that was the fear of not knowing what was going to come next so for example after he was in the neurology ward for two weeks he got discharged and although i should have been super happy about it i was so afraid because i was like what he's coming home like yeah. at home it's just me and him you know like at least in the hospital there's nurses there's yeah, people there's emergency staff on, yeah, on yeah and they were checking up on him whereas i felt a huge amount of responsibility mm -hmm. when he came home because i was like oh gosh it's just me so was that the main change in your life of what happened was it the responsibility then being shifted over and you having to adapt yeah i think it was one was the responsibility i think second was this kind of just this wake-up call as mm. you said that you can't take things for granted you don't know yeah. what's going to happen you don't know if you're going to be here like he could mm. have died from that you know a brain hemorrhage can literally just kill you yeah. so it was really the whole rug was just pulled from under my feet i was so young and i was pregnant and i was just like hang on a minute this isn't yeah. what i was thinking was gonna might be my life you know yeah. essentially he couldn't drive he wasn't working i had to we had to go to hospital appointments all the time and then they basically said as a result of it that he had developed epilepsy oh my so we had to go to the clinic and they'd have any child different medications and mm. it was just this whole new world and i just thought hang on like no one knows what it's not a given that you're just gonna get pregnant have mm. your baby live your you know it's just not a given and as no. you said going to bed waking up every day without pain you know like that is something i talk a lot about now yeah. because he takes medication twice a day and you know there's still those moments sometimes because since then he'd had I'd say since that night, he probably had another seven or eight seizures oh, and they were always in the middle yeah. of the night. So I think there was a long period of time, maybe about three years of my life where every night I'd close my eyes and just pray like, please don't let him yeah. have a seizure tonight, you know? Yeah. And the fact that now 
fortunately thank god he is on a medication that is stable so he's hasn't had a seizure for three years he's working he's playing sport again he's driving again but i still don't take it for granted you know it's there in my mind and like when we travel and stuff like when we go on holidays we always make sure you know he'll have his medication in his bag i'll take a spare one in my bag because like if your suitcase didn't turn up for Mm. example he can't be without that medication of course it's those life adaptations that Mm. you immediately need to make you know yeah so it was a traumatic experience nonetheless Mm. um and there's a lot of other people out there that may not have gone through that experience per Mm. se but go through traumatic experiences every single day i mean we're human beings but they often search for a solution what would like how did you overcome adversity in that situation what what was the solution for you so two things it definitely didn't happen overnight it wasn't like i was just like okay this has happened but let's make the best of it let's look on the bright side i didn't feel like that at the time at the time it broke me i was crushed i felt just yeah overwhelmed but in time i started to be like okay this is what we're dealing with now let's just get on with it Mm -hmm. and let's just i guess live our lives regardless of the circumstance because you can't let your circumstance dictate your life because it is what it is so i was like okay let's live our lives to the absolute best in spite of the circumstance so then for me i as i said i felt very overwhelmed with this responsibility and at the same time becoming a new Mm mum. that in itself is so life-changing you suddenly have this little person who needs you 24 7 as well so that's when i actually i there was one day it was really super sunny outside it's beautiful and i just thought you know what i need to get out of this house i need to get out of my own head i need to not be worried about rob or worried about jude or i just need to get out of this house yeah didn't have any fancy running gear, didn't have a Garmin watch, didn't have any of the stuff that I now have, but I just was like, I'm going to go out for 10 minutes. I'm going to run around the block. I'm mm-hmm. going to come back. And I think at the time I wasn't even able to go, like say for example, going to a gym class. If I had to leave Rob and, and my son, Jude, he was probably yeah, of course you a year old. Been quite anxious about that. I was, yeah. Yeah, a year, yeah, to go away from them for an hour mm. or two, if Rob was to have a seizure and I wasn't there, then our baby's on their own, yeah. you know? So I was like, I can't do that. I'll just go out for 10 minutes. Yeah, That's what I did went out for 10 minutes and then the next day I was like I'm gonna do that again and it kind of became my morning thing I was just like I'm just looking forward to just going out Mm -hmm. having a little run around the block and literally I'd say that over the next few months running just I just became did you run a lot prior to that or anything no no no. so it was just trying something new and that was your way out yeah I mean I'd done athletics at school and Mm -hmm. I'd done I'd done loads of stuff at school like netball athletics but I yeah after dancing I hadn't done any running Mm. I'd never done road running before no Um, and to be honest that first 10 minutes like I was probably puffing away you know like (laughs) sounded like a pug (laughs) yeah I don't know what I looked like I think I was wearing like a vest from Topshop like I just went out but yeah over time I became just part of this running community i saw i started to then look at um other runners i think that's when i just started using facebook i don't even think i had instagram maybe Mm -hmm. and i just was like okay like if running's helping me this much Mm -hmm. then now i get it like when i'd heard people before talk about running and i was like i get it like i know what they're talking about so i was like what was this feeling that that you get because let me tell you when i was doing that 1k this morning (laughs) (laughs) i didn't feel that feeling maybe it's because i was on a treadmill it was a bit different but yeah yeah, what, what was it about running that just completely took you I think it was the element of freedom. Mm. I think it was the element of being outside and thinking, like I said, the first one was really hard and then thinking, hang on, I can do that route again and it's getting easier now, you know? So watching the improvement, that was really um, satisfying. I think knowing that I could go on my own terms anytime, I didn't have to, yeah, have, you know, get to the class for this time or be in this place. It could just go my own time. And I don't know, I just kind of 
I'm quite competitive with myself. So I think I quite enjoyed, yes, thinking, right, I'm going to try and do that loop twice or I'm going to try and, yeah, just mix it up. And I think I learned a lot about myself over the next, you know, few months doing longer runs yeah. and finding new routes. I really started to just enjoy like spending time with my own thoughts, thinking about things that had happened, processing things that had happened yeah. and just spending time when you're not, there's nothing coming in. You know what I mean? You're not looking at a screen. You're no. not watching TV. You're not talking to anyone. You're just on your own. And I just enjoyed that. And then I think maybe kind of learning that it was some, wasn't something that was good at straight away. Mm-hmm. And that I don't think I enjoyed because I was like, hang on, like I like to do things. We all like to do things we're good at, right? So if you're good at something, I I think when I used to do athletics and stuff at school, I was always a sprinter. Yeah. So I was like, I'm fast, I can do that. So you do the things you like, whereas suddenly going out and doing like 5K, I was like, I'm not very good at that. And I didn't like that. Yeah. So I wanted to get better. So yeah, it just took me. Day three for me is the day that my son Jude was born. Wow, what a day. And he's got amazing hair, by the way. <laughs> he has <done laughs> so his go, hair. go over to our Instagram and check out the pictures because literally I'm very, very jealous. Oh. Very, very jealous. Um, so talk us through it. What was, uh, what was that day like? Gosh, well, as you heard, my husband had been ill, so the pregnancy was kind of. You know, I wasn't really thinking about myself. I was just, yeah. It was, but you was, in, you was in the West End while you were yeah, pregnant, right? Yeah, I was doing the show and I couldn't tell. <laughs> I went to go see We Will Rock You. Yeah. Actually, this is what I'm saying. Like, it's just clicking now. Like, we actually got it for a Christmas present from my auntie. Me and my mum, me and my mum and my brother went. What year do you know? Oh, I was gosh. there from 2009 to 2011. 100% you definitely saw me 100% 100% I definitely <laughs> saw mad. you it was definitely around that time um, small world that's, that's small crazy world. who did you play so I was in the ensemble I was one of the dancers yeah. I wore Union Jack like uh, Rock Mohican and such then, a great yeah, show man such a great show yeah um, yeah so I was in the show and I couldn't tell the cast that I was pregnant because yeah. you, you know you're not supposed to tell people so you have your 12 week scan or mm-hmm. whatever so but it's hard when you're in a dressing room with like five girls you and really you're just, getting changed yeah. into your underwear and you just feel like it, yeah I think they, some of them definitely knew anyway yeah. but um, yeah I was there until until Rob got ill and then I left but um, yeah so towards the end of my pregnancy definitely started to kind of be like okay this is happening you know we're putting nursery furniture together mm. baby shopping for clothes like I just love being pregnant really? honestly I was like that did you person. have any cravings um actually I don't know if it's cravings but I'm a sweet tooth and I yeah. love sugar but when I was pregnant I wasn't really on the sweet stuff and I wanted savory stuff yeah so it was kind of weird because I was like what what's, what's this like <laughs> you know those people after dinner yeah. like don't have dessert I was yeah. like what um but yeah so then I towards the end was literally like okay I'm loving this people I went to those like antenatal classes which is mm-hmm. kind of weird and you meet like five other pregnant women and their husbands and you all sit in a room it's really weird really and weird. do what you like so there'll be like a teacher who like talks to you about like the labor and what it's going to be like and like they, everybody's different exactly yeah. So, yeah and then they talk about things like breastfeeding they talk about you know i think they even do like how to do a nappy like it's literally so, so it's like a guide a guide to pregnancy yeah kind of like yeah and birth yeah it's like yeah. a six-week course you go once a week for an hour or something you learn like breathing techniques for labor and stuff Amazing. which yeah it's, it was kind of weird mm. but we went to those classes and um yeah i was just excited i felt like a lot of the other women there just hated me because i was like came swanning in in like a maxi dress and my sunglasses I was so happy I was like look I'm pregnant well, was there, and they were like, like no, oh yeah knackered. yeah they were knackered they were like oh my back hurts and oh this hurts and, oh I can't wait to get this baby out and 
I was just You're love like, it. I might go for a run. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So yeah, they weren't big fans of me, but I won them over by the six. I think by yeah. week six they probably liked me. But anyway, so yeah. Jude came two weeks early, so mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to go into labor. And I think because it's my first baby, mm-hmm. so many friends, women were like, oh, you know, you'll probably be overdue, you know, put your feet up for a while. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting it. And Rob and I went out for a walk, a really long walk, actually. We'd been out for a walk for maybe two hours. And then as we came home, I remember feeling really like my mood just switched. So on the walk, I'd been like, I don't know, just normal me. And then I came back to the house and was like, about five minutes before we got home, I remember my mood just switched and I remember yeah. being quite like, you know, that when you're hangry and you're just yeah, short-tempered, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, why did we go out for such a long walk anyway? I'm hot, <laughs> I'm tired, I'm, I'm thirsty. I like, just started whinging and he was yeah. like, oh, God, all right. Got in, got in the bath and then literally I got out of the bath and my waters broke, but like in a really like dramatic way. Like apparently most people, they don't experience that. It's just like a TV thing. Yeah. But mine did. It was just like, <laughs> that was it. I was like, Babe. Oh my Goodness. literally shouted i was like uh babe i think my water spoke either that or um i don't know and then he was like okay okay i'm gonna call the hospital and just, you know the whole thing that sounded way too calm he, well, <laughs> he is calm like yeah, wow. yeah he is very calm actually we he's like we're very yin and yang he's, yeah. his energy is very calm but essentially that was the evening we went to the hospital then had a very long night ahead of us mm-hmm. i won't bore you with the details and i don't want to scare people yeah. but you know labor's no walk in the park and then um by 9am in the morning i then had to have an emergency c-section after yeah. lots and lots and lots of pushing and this and that mm-hmm. anyway needed to get jude out they got him out he was safe and well and i literally just felt like a rock star yeah. i felt like i was the first human being on earth to ever do that i was like <laughs> you don't understand i was like what did i just i made a human being like, yeah look at him i women's bodies are incredible you was ready I was to just... break into someone dance yeah <laughs> mary j Blair was about to come you back know what out I mean? oh my gosh i was ready to like hold him up like simba on the rock yeah yeah, yeah i felt so empowered that day mm. i felt so strong i felt just on top of the world yeah. and i just thought yeah wow look at what women's bodies can do so yeah. that day will be ingrained in my memory forever and i just yeah it was the biggest blessing the biggest joy mm. the biggest gift to be able to carry a baby and for him to be yeah here now i'm just yeah so yeah. so grateful for him day four fast forward a few years my day four is when i ran the london marathon last year last april i I mean a marathon is no joke it's no joke i don't care who you are anyone who runs a marathon 26.2 miles it is brutal Mm. and it's a test mentally physically it's not just the day itself it's the whole lead up so unfortunately i didn't uh, get accepted in the in the ballot oh not yet keep keep trying i know but basically so the lead up to this was when rob became ill Mm. he had a place in the london marathon Mm. he was training for it when he became ill, obviously couldn't do the race and he never got the chance to do it. And then after a few years, you know, he spoke to the epilepsy nurse because it kind of came, you know, he was getting his life back on track and he was like, you know what, I would love, I deferred my place, I'd love to do the marathon. Mm. And at the time I was so anxious about him doing sport. I was like, no, I was mm. like, please don't let him do it because, you know, it's really super challenging on the body physically. And the epilepsy nurse actually agreed with me and she said, look, I don't want you to limit your life. I get it. You're 30, whatever he was, 32 year old guy. You want to be active, but it could just be one step too far. And you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. It can induce a seizure if you become dehydrated. So not ideal. And I just think, you know, 
he was really, really disappointed. He, mm. he's like I said, he's active. He's a sports teacher. He's yeah. a PE teacher. He always has played tennis. He's played football. He cycles. He's so active. And I think it's just really hard to be limited in your life for yeah. anyone. And especially, you know, it's emasculating for someone to tell you, you can't do the things you want to do. Entirely, when, yeah. Yeah, when you've been healthy your whole life. So he really struggled with that. And I basically said to him, look, if I can get a place, I'll run it on behalf of us both I'm running it for for you I'm running it for me and then I basically got a place um, Adidas hooked me up they got me the place and then I reached out to Epilepsy Research UK mm-hmm. and I said look I'm going to raise money for you guys so yeah that was what got me through and the training was I'd say it was about four months and there was so many I'd never run so when I got the place I'd never run longer than maybe 10 miles before wow ever and I was like okay well I've just got to break it down Mm -hmm. like anything if you just you know really commit to this and apply you can get it but honestly there was one day I did like a 16 mile training run probably took me about two and a half hours Mm -hmm. I came back through the front door and I just felt again I felt so afraid I was like what you've said you're going to do this marathon Mm. 20 you know 16 miles I was like that's still 10 miles to go and I felt broken like my legs were sore my back was sore and I was thinking how am I going to do this so it was really hard but I think what I proved is is it true uh, about the wall yes really so the wall I think for some people they don't experience the wall for me I didn't get the fueling right on the day so I'm somebody who burns through fuel quite quickly yeah. I don't have a high percentage of body fat and I, I eat a lot my metabolism must be high so basically I ran out of fuel when you run out of fuel that is the wall mm. your body just goes okay we've had enough now stop like enough enough everything you're just like this is and you're looking up and I saw like I think it said mile 19 mm. so you know that you've got seven miles to go so when people are going cheering going keep going you're nearly there you're like, <laughs> you're like no 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 you don't know i'm like seven miles is not like 10 minutes seven miles is over an hour yeah so you're thinking i've got over an hour to go i've already been running for three hours you know my stomach was starting to feel funny i was Mm. oh it was bad man it was bad and then my sister was at mile 22 Mm -hmm. and i knew she was there and i think i started to get emotional just being like i just want to see my sister and i think i turned around the corner at mile 21 and that kind of gave me a bit of like come on just get there yeah and then when i saw her i saw her in the crowd with her boyfriend and i went over and i was just like i I cried i was like aisha this is awful yeah i was like i've still got four miles to go and i just can't go anymore like i just i'm out i'm done and she was like no 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 you're doing amazing she got tears in her eyes because yeah. obviously I was upset and she was just like you are so close now keep going so left her dug in deep and I knew that Rob and Jude were at the finish line they were mm-hmm. actually they got really great seats they were in the, the stands and the final like the mall yeah. the mall so they were there I got to the end and yeah I raised a lot of money for epilepsy mm-hmm. I shared it on YouTube I shared it on Instagram I just people got behind me and people yeah. were like come on Adrian like they knew that there was two parts of it one was like okay you're an Adidas ambassador you're super fit you're gonna smash it but I think I showed in my training I showed them I was struggling and I was like guys I'm you know this is new territory for me this distance thing like you know running um over even over half marathon so I really shared the journey I was super honest about it I said look I'm yeah I'm finding this hard would you ever do it again yeah I will I yeah definitely I hope so I'm doing I'm doing a lot of halves next year because I just love halves Mm -hmm. half has become my favorite race now half marathon right so it's 30 miles you can get it like I run it in like an hour 45 it's just a great kind of race you can go fast but you I don't know. I just love that distance. Yeah. But yeah, definitely going to do another one for sure. So day five on the Everyday Hustle is five years into your life. Five years 
into the future, where you see yourself going, where you see your life at, your work at. Um, so what, what does that look like in your mind at the moment? To be honest, I've got lots of, you know, personal and, and professional ambitions. I'd say in five years time, what I would really hope is to have a bigger platform to share my message, to encourage others mm-hmm. and do. And what I mean by encourage is literally whatever they're, they want to do, whatever they're going after. I'm always that person telling them, yes, yeah. you should do it. You mm-hmm. can do it. You mm-hmm. can achieve like whatever your circumstance, whatever your background, whatever you come from, you can rewrite your the rest of your life by by your choices and i really want to prove to people like as an example that like literally you know when i lived in leeds i was my mom was a single mum, four kids you know i made it to dance school when i was told you know don't get your hopes Mm. up you might not get in not that good got in got made it to the west end which was you know a goal at the time to be on a west end stage you know when my husband came ill and i had to leave the show you know i could have been like well that's the end of my career now Mm -hmm. you know my husband's ill i've had a baby my career's over but, you know, I retrained, I became a PT, I started a blog, I now, you know, run races around the world, I get to, you know, work with Adidas, yeah. I get to do incredible things with amazing people, and I just want to show people, lead by example, I'm not just going to tell people what to do, I just want to show them, yeah. like, if I can achieve, if I can push myself outside of my comfort zone, then you can, and I feel like, you know, when you look at, I watch videos on online of, you know, like these motivational speakers like Tony Robbins, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. and they have these massive stadiums, and that is what I want to do, in five yeah. years time, nothing would make me happier than wow. to stand there, share my message, share my encouragement, because you never know who that could impact, and how that could change their life, yeah. and I think that would just be the ultimate kind of feeling of fulfillment is to know that I've helped someone else who's sitting there who's listening thinking I can't do anything or because of this or this or this when my kids are older when I've lost weight when I've got more money all these things for someone to go actually maybe she's right I'm going to go for it you mentioned your website blog there um, and there was a bit that you wrote on there that said about um, having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset Mm. so just for the people that may not understand that yep Talk us through the differences between those. Okay. So, yeah, I think throughout my life, I've probably had a growth mindset before I even knew what the concept was. But a fixed mindset is essentially your limiting beliefs that you have about yourself. And honestly, on, often these are created in childhood. For example, in using sport and running today, if you ran a race at sports day, you came last and you felt like, oh my goodness, that was so embarrassing. I came last. I'm never going to do that again. Mm. I'm never going to run again because it was so embarrassing. I'm not a good runner. So then you tell yourself you're not a good runner because that experience taught you that. So we learn different things throughout our lives that teach us that we're good at things, bad at things. We learn this identity of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you have a fixed mindset, you believe that that identity is there forever that's what you've got you know people sometimes say you're either born with it or you're not you know you've either got it or you haven't and they believe that to be true however if you have a growth mindset like i do then you essentially believe that humans can adapt we are the best species on the planet at adapting Mm -hmm. we learn we can grow we can improve we can always get better so what i believe as somebody with a growth mindset if i did run a race and came last i would believe i'm not a good runner yet That just means I'm never going to come last again. I Mm -hmm. never want to feel that feeling again. I'm going to work hard to get better, to become better, so that you can improve. And you can apply that to literally anything. Now as well, we're so lucky. We live in a world where you have everything at the touch of a button if you literally have an iPhone. Mm -hmm. You can Google anything. You can learn. You know, you want to read a book about how to do this. You want to... I don't know, start a YouTube channel, you can go on, you can watch videos how to do this, how to, everything is right there. So if you are willing 
to be self-motivated, mm-hmm. willing to put the work in, just put the word yet at the end of everything. So yeah. it's like, I don't know how to do this yet. I'm not very good at this yet. Growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the difference is. And if you don't have it naturally, if you're somebody who tends to be more, oh, I can't, da, 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 you can train yourself to do it. You know, neuroplasticity is essentially yeah. changing behaviors and patterns in the brain. We know now that we can do that. Years ago, I think neurologists thought that the brain was just once you reached a certain age after adolescence and hormone changes that was it your brain is that but we now know that it's not you know people who've had brain um um, trauma and they've had parts of the brain damaged and then they come back to recover you know like when people are told they'll never walk again and then they do you the brain is malleable you can constantly change and learn Mm -hmm. so i think that's really powerful to take on and go actually I can always get better. That's yeah. amazing. And it's like you said in your TEDx talks, which is amazing, by the way, if you haven't already um, checked it out, go go over to YouTube and have a look. Um, but you said, like, obviously the reason behind why you run is because life is so short and you're not going to see the world. You're not going to see it all standing still. Yeah. That was just so, so powerful and stuck with me. And it kind of now, listening to your journey and your story, that's completely, it's almost like a, a loop because the days are very different. Yeah, yeah, very they different. They are very different. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, yeah. as you said, everyone... Yeah, lots of things happen in everyone's lives. I think that if you just pick four specific days, they Mm -hmm. seem very different. But what I'd say is that year, especially the year after Rob was ill, and as you said in my talk, I think I now live with a much, with a sense of urgency that I didn't have before. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, I know at the moment everyone's going, oh, we shouldn't be rushing, you should slow down, patience, blah, blah, blah. I believe that we do have one life. It's going quick. You know, let's be honest. It's going quick. You can't go back and do it again. So I do live with a sense of urgency. You don't know what life's got in store for you next day, tomorrow, next year, whatever. So I think every day that you wake up without pain, every day that you wake up and you've got, you know, the opportunity that we have, you know, like just make the most of it. And as you said, don't stand still. Don't stay in one place. Don't stay the same person. I don't want to be in 10 years, the same person I am now. You know, it's like push yourself, go after all the things. And as you said, there's a whole world, a whole load of opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. So just go for it. If you had to um, give a top line and summarize three key tips for people that may be going into a similar industry or maybe pursuing something or going into a career choice, what would those three tips be okay my three tips would be to always stick to what you believe so what you know to be true what you believe you know trends will come and go fads will come and go but you can't especially now with social media and the internet you can't blow with the wind you can't change your mind and go oh i said this but you know now i think something different so i think always try to um yeah be honest and stick to your guns stand for something doesn't matter if everybody doesn't agree with you Mm -hmm. that's okay um tip number two would be to utilize your network so often when people go I don't know where to get started or I don't have any experience. I say to them, well, look around you. Who do you know who you could learn from? And just ask them for help. It's important to surround yourself with the right people, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for help because mm. often people want to help. So they'll say yes. So yeah, utilize your network. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Number three, I would say, remember your why. Remember the reason that you want to do what you want to do. Don't get distracted or off put by other people's bringing you down by any but but even just by like you know setbacks we get setbacks in life if you mm-hmm. audition for something and you don't get it you might think well maybe i'm not good enough no it's just not that one you know keep auditioning as you said keep showing up keep going and keep um, being persistent yeah so people wanting to follow your journey and wanting to stay up to date with the things that you're up to where can they find you 
They can find me on Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. Adrienne London, which is literally mm-hmm. LDN at the end for London. Yeah. AdrienneLondon.com is my website. And my podcast is launching very, very soon. Ooh, Stay exciting, tuned for exciting. That. Um, yeah, so go over and follow her if you want to stay up to date with those things and maybe look at her road for go out for a run. Woo. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your everyday hustle, Mary Jane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been Tyler West. Don't forget to let us know what you think and talk to us about your everyday hustles on social media. You can find us at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and at ED Hustle Show on Twitter. Please leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. This has been the Everyday Hustle, a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Goodbye. 